out there. Today is Man Day Monday. That's what Man Day Monday. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, man. We just want to just, man, thank everybody who's been tuning in, um, you know what I'm saying, for the last few months. We, we, you know what I'm saying, got a lot of shares and a lot of feedback um, to us. And we definitely want to uh, extend just our humble appreciation for it all. Myself and Richard K, uh, man, I got my tag team partner, like like uh, Method Man the Red, man, man. What's going on, Mr. Neville? What's going on, Rich? Man, we, we on here today, guys. Just, uh, man, we, we just... Today's a, 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 a it's, it's kind of bittersweet, man. Um, we, we lost a legend this week, man. Uh, whoo, it's a little tough, man, man. Just, yes, man. How how you feeling, man? I I know it's it's been rough, man. But just I, I I saw somewhere, man, when they was talking about you know when men are you know grieving or men feel that they've lost somebody, even they may not have met them personally, man. So just. Man, from your just standpoint, brother, because I know uh, we've talked, man, and I know it's hit you, you know, hard, man. Just, you know, just, just, just explain to people out there, man, as a man, you know, seeing, you know, uh, another male that you looked into as a figure, man. How has that, how has that just, you know, impact you, dog? Well, uh, first, let me thank you for setting up the man project. I don't know if we can thank you enough for setting this up, man. Just want to give you a big shout out on that, man. Thanks for everything that you do and all the dedication behind it. Um, now, getting on to Chadwick, man, I ain't going to lie to you, bro. I, when I initially saw the news, bro, I cried. When And I was telling somebody today, this, today is the first day I didn't, I wasn't shedding tears over this man. And kind of the same way I felt, it was, it's kind of, it's kind of like deja vu because we were just doing this over COVID, man. Right. And um, for me, bro, let me just be real. I've, I saw Chadwick. I saw his face on like little small things on the smaller roles. I did see him. But the roles he played, man, I ain't gonna lie. I really connected to him when he was in Jackie Robinson. Mm. And it started from there when I saw Jackie Robinson, and then you saw Get Up and then um, Get On Up. But for me, bro, the most excitement, anybody who knows me knows I'm a, I was a Black Panther fan from a little boy, well, teenager. And when they had Captain America Civil War and they introduced his character, bro, I ain't even gonna lie to you. You know, every, I was a Marvel North. You jumped out the seat. I know you. Bro. I was so excited and um, to see how he portrayed the child. Um, and you see, uh, I, I, people just don't, well, people understand now, but um, to understand this man worked his butt off and he still remained humble. And to find out now that this man was battling cancer the entire time he was doing all these big name movies. And I mean, man, wasn't you you couldn't tell. Yeah. This man, and then I mean, I've seen cancer patients and what they have to go through. And there's a lot of surgeries and a lot of chemo that comes behind that. And yeah. to know this brother was still enduring it and still was going out there and being a hero on screen as well as off screen. I mean, man, I connected to him on that level, but the fact that the character... Hold on, let me... For those... I'm going to interrupt you real quick. For those who are not understanding why, you know, uh, Mr. Neville saying that he connect with a man because Mr. Neville was on... I'm going to throw this out there, bro. He was on dialysis for how many years, man? Oh, shoot. Five years? Five, he, he, my brother on the phone, man, been on dialysis for five years. You know what I'm saying? So, being able to, you know... You know his his job, his his dedication to church, all these things. While still dealing with his his underlying illness, you know what I'm saying that that Mr. Neville dealt with. I, I you know I I felt I I felt like I, I think I saw a couple of your post social media man. I, I thought about the same thing man. You know, not just you, but there's hundreds of thousands of people, bro. Yes. You know what I'm saying they may have things that they might not post about, and that's one thing that I think touches all is that his persistence. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, you know, and that's that's just overwhelming because some people sometimes you see somebody take off because they may be tired or dehydration, but they saying brother was going through chemo. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and one thing that I I I, I respected about him is that. When I saw him, he was not. I saw an interview while uh, back. I've always been a mind of him. Um, I, I gained respect from I think through 40, through 42. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I remember when he did that, he was saying that he wanted more opportunities for for people in color, you know, throughout the business. You know what I'm saying? That was his. He's been humble like that, like since the beginning. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing yes. that just came about with, you know, Black Panther. Um, I think. He was showing that, you know, the way we, you know, need to be um, the way he was, I mean, there's there's a lot of more, you know, uh, um, Bosmans out there, you know what I'm saying, who yeah. have to study story. Yeah. And I think that's the inspiring thing that, you know, we talk about legacy all the time on Man on, uh, on Man Day Monday is, you know, what's your legacy going to be? You know what I'm saying? I think, frankly, you know, a lot of people, you know, have not been listening. And and I think this is going to be an eye opener. Honestly, I think for a lot of writers, for a lot of people who had, you know, I wouldn't even say just physical ailments, but mental ailments. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. oh, well, well, let me speak on something you just spoke on, man. You just sure. hit me. So with Chadwick, if you pay attention to the roles that he picked, mm-hmm. he was very careful not to pick roles that would make us as a race look bad. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And to to have the foresight and the integrity to say, hey, look, no, this is going to be bad. No, I'm not going to take this role. I'm not going to take this gangster role. I'm going. Uh, I'm moving forward. And this man, that's what led. That's why he was the embodiment. He was the perfect. Matter of fact, I was reading somewhere where they said he was the only person they could use. They only wanted for T'Challa for the Black Panther. Because he embodied royalty, right? I mean, you can you can feel you can feel his performances be from the screen. Yeah, I mean, he was he he made sure that he knew that you know these roles that he take that's gonna follow him for the rest of his life, mm-hmm. and these typecat roles. I give you a good example: Will Smith. I say one of his first roles. Uh, to becoming an actor was playing a gay man. Yeah. And to this day, that follows him. Not, not saying nothing was wrong with being gay, but at the same time, this is going to follow him. He didn't have that foresight to say, hey, look, um, people are, people going to still kind of make fun of me. And you can't make fun of not one of Chadwick's roles. Right. You can't look down. I mean, there was one role where he was an angry black man, but at the same time, he came back and corrected mm-hmm. and made sure he came back as a hero. And because of those choices early in life, that's why he was able to get to where he was. Right. Yes. So you got to keep that in mind when you're making your decisions. Um, delayed gratification. Yeah. It may not come in the, in the, in the, in the beginning, but it, it, it'll come in the end. Yeah. And one thing, man, is that he refused you know, to be beaten, you know, down, you know, and, you know, being beaten down and rise it again, you know, thinking about his legacy, it takes on, honestly, to me, it takes on a whole new meaning, man. You know what I mean? Um, you know, because I think he, he, he had so many, he had so much and had so much untapped potential, you know, um, in his life that, you know, I, I can't think of a person who've done that many movies with substance in in that span of years, you know, yeah. five years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you can't have a knockoff, you know. Here, I mean, you had like at Westmore had was a Wild Wild West, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, then I think you might have had Denzel might have did an off, Offset movie some here and there. What is I forgot oh, I forgot what name of, but I mean it happens. But you know, one thing that I that I uh, that I admired about him is that when he he I think one of the writers interviewed him in, in eighteen when he was talking about you know Black Panther and and just the upcomings that he was embracing he was embracing it more as not as an opportunity for him but opportunity for those across Hollywood just right. across the board you know what I'm saying that right. he was 
just for him. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think I, I, what I loved about him, man, is that he, he, he pushed, you know, he pushed the job. You know what I'm saying? He didn't mm-hmm. let push him. He was able to, you know, move and dictate the exact way that he wanted to go. And it's not always easy. You know, whoever his agent was, I'm sure people call him up now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. you know, when you have somebody of that um uh, that integrity boost, man, it 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 is is catching. You know what I'm saying, man? Oh so, yeah. Well, you know, but, well, let me let me tell you one thing that will always stick with me about him and Kobe. They had the same work ethic, and um, I was watching um, the tribute to 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 a king. And both um, for both the uh, 42 and for James Brown, he said that he went to the, 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 the family and he went, he tried to just soak in everything Jackie Robinson did to yeah. live, to walking around his house. And James Brown, he was trying on James Brown's clothes yeah. and he was, he was doing all these things. That's dedication to your craft. Mm-hmm. COVID. Kobe would bother Jordan about a simple what's how many steps does he take to use his turnaround jumper? Right. His favorite. I remember, I remember seeing that with Jordan. He used to call Jordan three, four in the morning. Right before he went to, before he oh, went to oh let me get you. So Kobe, <laughs> Kobe when he was uh, getting ready to retire, he uh, said he was going into investments, and this dude made the mistake of giving Kobe his number. And the dude said, it, "My wife thought I was in a in a relationship with Kobe, and having a secret affair with Kobe. Kobe, because Kobe would call me and text me at three and four in the morning, asking questions about this. What about this stock? What about this investment? Yes, yeah. true dedication. And you see, the thing is, once you have that dedication off the screen, once it comes time to come on the screen on the court, you got it. Yeah, everything. I mean, if uh, you know, Jordan said it too. He said, look." For every shot you saw me make, there was a thousand shots I missed in the gym. Yeah. So yeah. keep that in mind, people. If you want to, um, uh, if, if anybody who's ever played sports, I'm sure you had, you heard your coach say this: how you practice is how you play. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. These men, while they had un, un, unmeasurable talent, their yeah. talent was was beyond great. They still put the work in behind it, yeah, and that's what made it even greater. Matter of fact, the one thing that got me was with Chadwick um, when he was doing Black Panther, he went so far as to check his um his ancestry, not on ancestry dot com, but African ancestry dot com, so he could find out exactly what tribe he came from, his ancestors were from, and he started to learn the language. Yeah, and I was watching behind the scenes when he was um. When they were filming the scene for Infinity War, and when they were about to fight in Wakanda, and he, the guy, the, the director was trying to trying to talk to Chadwick about what, what she, what what type of um, charge, or what kind of what kind of, what what should they be chanting, mm-hmm. and to hear Chadwick just going through the many things they could chant was just amazing to me, yeah. and they finally came up with Yam Yambi. Uh, hold strong, mm. but the fact that this man was so dedicated to being Black Panther that this man learned some African language, bro. Yeah, that is unreal. That's crazy, and, that, and it takes man. It, it takes that takes. You know, I remember a scene from the TV show. I, I it's like it went off a few years ago. Scandal TV show Scandal that that was on ABC, right? Now I remember there was a quote that uh. I guess everybody call him Papa Pope, Papa Pope, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was something she was doing to where she was had to convince everybody to get on her side or what was it? Her dad said, you got to work 10 times harder than everybody else. Yeah. You have to, you have to, to, to you know, uh, uh, but strapping up your boots. He said, they're going to want to come against you because of who you are, not just because who you are, because of what you are. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was a direct um, indication of not just her um, her sexual uh, preference, but her um, race as well. Her race, thank you. And that, and that go back to a quote that I saw uh, 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 Chad when he was making 42. 
I remember McCoy, he was saying, you don't have you don't have the same exact experience because everybody was, you know, when the movie came out, because you know that was from Birmingham too, don't you? Yeah, mm-hmm. in Wrigley yeah. Field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, uh, the Tuckwiler, the Tuckwiler, the, mm-hmm. the scene where they, um, when they couldn't go into the hotel, mm-hmm. that was Tuckwiler. Because it was crazy. I was at the library that they, they were filming it. <laughs> wow. Because I was telling everybody not to go outside. <laughs> wow. I know that's crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> But the quote he said, man, he says, you don't have the same exact experience as a black actor as you do as a white actor. No. Nope. You don't have that same opportunity. He said, that's evident and true. While well, promoting for the two. He was saying, the best way to put it, how often do you see a movie about a black hero who has a love story? You know what I'm saying? If you if you look at 42, it talks about through all his, <laughs> through all he was going through. I remember when he won, I think it was, I, I, no, that was, uh, was that when he went overseas and won the Olympics or whatnot? Then he came back, and and even when he, no, he won. I think like like uh, whatever. I'm not a big baseball guy, so I'm not sure. But whenever you win an MVP or whatever it was, he won. Whatever Jackie Robinson won that year, mm-hmm. he had to go into the back. He had to enter through the kitchen and back of that building. Mm-hmm. And that was that was the last scene in that movie, and that hit me. I said, man. At all these awards, at all the stuff you've done for, for you know the ratings of the TV, and that, that, we can slide that on into, into the racial thing. At all the stuff that you did for this quote unquote country that that you're a part of, when you come back, you still had to answer through the back of this restaurant. So, thank you for bringing that segue. <laughs> Black Panther. The reason a lot of people counted Black Panther out was because. It was an all-black cast. Mm-hmm. And let's be real. Most all-black movies have tight cast characters. They're gangsters. <laughs> they're prostitutes. They're, they're, beyond, they're beyond low. Right. They don't start high. So for you have a man who was royalty and, and a hero. That's in, 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 but see, think about it. What, what's crazy and people don't understand is that if, like I said, I'm a Marvel fan, just like you're a Marvel fan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I remember going back when Civil War came out mm-hmm. and had that scene. And and true comic believers, you know, black and white, white people, if you, white, Mar- true comic people who are white, they was like, oh yeah, he the truth. He the truth. Yeah. And one thing they said that stood out that I remember, I remember this from being little. They were saying the only person Captain America could not ever be. Was him. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that when when uh, uh Captain America was going to Wakanda to try to find the vibranium? Yeah, and, and and he was trying to tell him, hey, you know what? We're here to to help. You know what I'm saying? He said, I right. can tell everybody about me. You know what I'm saying? That's right. how come. That's how come. A lot of people don't people didn't understand in the movie when they met that didn't nobody know who he was, but but Captain America. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They making mm-hmm. it take a place. The, the the meeting already happened, which you know, you know, but you know that that's that's going well, on too. Go ahead. Well, oh no, no, since you know we're nerd, I'm gonna have to go, I'm gonna have to hit you with one more thing. <laughs> when Captain America came to Wakanda, guess who they end up fighting together? Who? The Nazis. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Flags of our fathers. Yeah. So yeah. The thing is, man, even with Marvel, people need to understand this about Marvel, too. Thank you for bringing this up, because I need to represent my boy, Stan Lee, who Stan also, Lee. I ain't going to lie to you people, I cried. Did you see the picture? Did you see the picture? I cried. Uh, man, they showed a video of uh, Chadwick and 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 uh, uh, being ushered into heaven with Stan Lee walking through the pearly gates. Man, yeah. when you say a brother cried, <laughs> when you, I tell you, that hit so Stan- hard. What Stanley said, thank you, brother. Yes. <laughs> and then they he uh they walked together into the early man. But no, <laughs> so the thing is, man, um uh, the only analogy I can use, Stanley saw what was going on with the world. He had a foresight as well. Did this all this marble? Same marble, with the X-Men. Same with the X-Men. There you go. But see, the thing was, people didn't want to understand see uh, people don't understand until you hold a mirror to their face mm-hmm. so that's why he created the x-men to show them hey look you got malcolm x and you got martin luther king 
This is what they're going against. Matter of fact, if you pay attention to the mutants, they had slurs for them. Yeah. They had slurs. And they, they they had, like I said, fighting within. That's and that's and that's the thing about it. That's the beauty thing about it. That if you like I said the correlation between now, the first thing you hear people now, or where you you're saying, you know, Black Lives Matter, well, you know, once you deal with your own, once you deal with what y'all got going on. You know what I'm saying? They try to put that coalition. And and he and Stanley did say that where you had Wolverine and Cyclops fighting against each other sometimes, but they the bigger picture was to show equality, even though you might have your own indifferences. And that's, right. that's the thing I think we have to understand. Listen, Going into policies and politics, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and injustice, you know what I'm saying, even mm-hmm. though you have discrepancies in your own race, does not dictate from the tech the bigger picture of what's going on. Does not hmm. mean we don't understand how you know how uh, um, how hurtful things are that right. us as a race. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, here's the problem I have, man. Is um, even with the mutants. They were viewed as threats by the humans, mm. and that organization. If you want to be real, let's 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 bring it to today's time. The X Men could be called Black Lives Matter. Okay. So everybody sees Black Lives Matter as a threat. When honestly, uh, matter of fact, I saw a meme the other day where this white guy made that said, um, "I don't." support terrorist organizations like the KKK or Black Lives Matter. And if you just took the time to see kind of like the Black Panthers, there was no violence encouraged. Matter of fact, Black Lives Matter, if you understand, all we're saying is basically what it's saying. Yeah. A person of color who happens to be Black, and that, Lives I, Matter. And I think that what I've seen and, and, and even after talking to different people that I have looked at, you know, the, the actual website and that kind of stuff. And I've told people before, I said, there are some things that I do not agree with that the, that the, from the, now I'm going to go, and I tell people, you have to differentiate, differentiate the organization from the actual status quo. You know what right. I mean? Right. If, if you're going to go into the organization, there's a lot of things that they, the they, the organization itself, you have chapters, just like you have fraternity chapters, you have Masonic chapters. You have chapters that represent certain things. There are some things that they do that I do not agree with, period. Yeah. You know what I'm same saying? Same. But at the same time, I'm not going to discredit the good work that they do. Yes, if they do something wrong, I will denounce it. I will say, hey, this is not something I'm going to believe in. Now, if you say Black Lives Matter to the, to, to the, to the state that my race does not want to be better, it wants to be equally, it wants to be right. treated equally. Then that's right. where, that's where the discussion begins. Right. And I've seen people mad. I saw I I ain't you an Alabama fan, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. I've seen people denounce an Alabama football team because the coach was marching because he thinks that they should be in they should be looked at an injustice system in America. Well, for Black America, well, and they get—they literally got mad about it. And I said, "So you're telling me that you think it's okay when blacks are targeted for being pulled over in a predominantly white neighborhood? You're telling well, me that it's okay?" And I and I had to—I had to tell. I was—I was online telling, and I had to tell them. I said, "This is what he's talking about. He's not talking about the organization." I said, "I said you're trying to, and the media, and and, and all these outlets who don't want." To actually talk about what what the real subject is, they want to deflect and say, "Well, they're doing the loot and the riot." I said, "No, you have those what you call the antifas who's paid by, you know, these Republicans to go and tear this stuff up to mm-hmm. try to deflect from what the big picture is." That's what mm-hmm. I've been explaining to people. I said that don't look at the Black Lives Matter as some type of just people burning stuff up. We're looking for, um, we're looking for, uh, uh. uh you know, for overhaul and for us, I'm not gonna say defund the police department, but you need to redirect where your money is going to go into council, yeah. going to more training how to deal with certain citizens and um in different uh, uh um you know environments. You have to do those type of training. Go ahead, Doc. Well, let me say this first with the Black Lives Matter, people need to do their own research and stop looking towards what other people say. For yeah. one, um. 
for one, just like you have bad cops, you have bad people who are part of Black Lives Matter. And like you said, you have those people who are infiltrating some of the protests. Matter of fact, somebody pointed out during the protests here in Birmingham, there was a person um, who was really not with them, who lit up a, um, a bottle. Now, this is hearsay, but they, uh, this source I do trust um, said that they saw them light a bottle and throw it into a building. And that's what caused everybody else. It was like mob mentality. Oh, he do it. I can do it too. And mm-hmm. a lot of the people that was, that's, that's been looting, they're not even from that state or city when you see the looting. But don't, 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 don't count us. It's kind of like me and you. You're an Auburn fan. I'm an Alabama fan. I bump into you. We have some bad words. And you, we both leave saying, man, all Alabama fans are just horrible. All Auburn fans are horrible. But you only have one experience with one person. Right. You haven't talked to any other ones. It's just that one. And the ones you see looting, now, you also have to keep in mind, the media is going to show you the stuff to gaslight. They're what, not going to show they, you the they, whole story. Right. They they want to they wanna target their particular audience. And I've gone to the pack now. I've even not looked at as much as CNN as I used to because sometimes they repetitive finance stuff and they trying to direct stuff in the survey. So I've looked at BBC. I've looked at Vice. I've looked at um, CSNBC. I've looked at now. I look at probably seven, eight to nine different news channels and stations just because I've over the last seven, I say since January, actually, been almost a year, to be honest with you, that, you know, I've had to grow out of basically just looking at, you know, one or two sources of, of, of information. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, look at Newsweek, look at, you know, political. Just, you, you know, we have to get out of, you know, uh, uh, just derailing from what people they want you to gear to because sometimes they have a, I'm not gonna say turn the motive but they want you to they want you to think this way or that way so you have to look at the you know news cycle overall go ahead bro what you gonna say oh no you uh, what I was gonna pretty much piggyback off of you which is one rule of journal, journalism is don't depend on one source get multiple sources mm-hmm. and that's how you get the true story because I mean even with um in a car accident, I heard officers say it. I heard my daddy say it too. You might have an accident with somebody rear end somebody. You're gonna have that. You're gonna have one person, one car story, the other car story. Then you're gonna have the truth. Mm-hmm. So, perception is everything. Um, you might see a whole bunch of black folks marching down the street, and you view that as a threat. Whereas me as a black per- or a black person see that and I say, "Oh man, this is a peaceful protest." It's perception. Because they ain't destroying that. All you see is a whole bunch of people chanting black, chanting and walking down the street. And if you just sit down, like I say, man, for, for the longest I've said this, if you just sit down and uh, both sides have a conversation, you can resolve a whole lot than just going against each other. And, and see, we don't think about, we don't, man, what it is, we don't want to, I, I said this a few months ago, I said, if it's not Two things that I've experienced during this whole um, pandemic era is that if if you're not experiencing it, and if you're not a victim of it, or if you're not um, if you're not a victim of it, or if you haven't experienced it, then you're gonna say it's not exact. It's not. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And those things are if you if you have not seen racism in your face, then you're not gonna think about racism. If you have not, I mean, not think about racism, but you're not gonna th- you're not gonna um, believe that it exists. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't experienced COVID nineteen, or you haven't had anybody close to you be you know a victim of COVID nineteen, you're not gonna think that's real either. So those are two things that I think you know we have to take a good look at it and say, okay, well, I might not experience it myself, but what about you know how can I? It's a song that that Kirk made, man. I think I think the week after Fourth of July, it was called um, "Song God," and um, in the song he was saying that um, we need a strong God. He's saying we need a real God, and he wasn't saying that that God is not real. He was saying we need a God that is going to look at us for who we are, not who we think we who we better than. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? 
and 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 what we have to do as believers say that even though I might have not experienced racism, even though I might have not been a victim of racism, I have to understand that somebody somewhere is going through it. Just because I have not been homeless does not mean homeless people do not exist. You know what I'm saying? Just because I haven't, you know, had my car broken into, that don't mean people not getting their cars broken into. You see what I'm saying? We gotta be related. We have to be compassionate for those who have experienced this. And I think that's the I think that's the total I think that's the whole I think perception that they're not understanding, not they as an all, but some. Because there's some who say, okay, yeah, I believe it. And and the hurtful thing about it, I'm gonna I'm let you talk, man, but the hurtful thing about it, I think they hit me was that somebody told me was like, are y'all just gonna keep whining about it? Are you just gonna strap up your boots and keep going about it? And I was just like, man, I said, so I said, well, so that means you're telling me that if you're not saved, you're gonna stop going to church because everybody in church ain't saved yet? Or are you gonna keep going to church hoping that somebody else can be saved from your life? Or are you not gonna walk into a car and put your seatbelt on hoping that you're gonna save your life or somebody else's life? Or you're not gonna wear a seatbelt because anything can happen, you just like whatever. I said, you can't have an attitude about that as well as you do other things in your life. So you gotta think about it, not just you. When you get in the car, put your seatbelt on, you're not just thinking about you. There you go. The church and and and, and want to hear the word. It's not just about you. And so we got to think about the same thing when we're gearing toward the Black Lives Matter. We're not saying that you have experienced racism. We want to understand it's not just about us. It's about everybody. You know what I'm saying? See, well, let's go back to history. The Civil Rights Movement, even though it was marched and all these protests were done by Blacks, it was not just for Blacks. Right. Women, too. Women, it was for all types of races. There were other people who were being thought about during the civil rights movement and poverty, you know, those who uh, uh, um, certain incomes. So, the thing is, it all boils down to just one thing, even with the civil rights movement, why it was so successful was because one word which was solved all these problems was empathy. All I need you to do is show empathy and understand, look. Just because you're not suffering, your brother is suffering. And for you Chris, for Christians out there, shame on you if you're a Christian and you don't understand Black Lives Matter. Because the what is what 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 did the man ask Jesus? What is the what is the one commandment that we should obey? And it's love thy neighbor as thyself. Your neighbor's suffering. You seen it on TV when you saw George Floyd being being choked out. You just watched uh, Mr. Jacob get shot in the back seven times. And now you can go on. I mean, I, can't, I, I get tired of the whole you should have complied excuse. Because if you can, I could do. If I could just strap a camera on any black man so they can understand. Matter of fact, the one thing I appreciate about COVID was everybody which I mean is a tragic time, but at the same time, they're silver lining. The whole by protests that's number one. Number two was the commercials by Proctor, where you got to look inside of a black house for just a moment where you watched a mother, just like my mama did. And how should he should how should react when he see a police officer? How many how now how many other races have to go through that? I mean, my mom actually sat me down and said, "Hey, now look, um, first of all, you know you have your license and registration out before the officer get there, so you don't have to move your hands. Leave them on the steering wheel at all times. Once you get in your license, put your hand back on your steering wheel. Address officers, yes sir, no sir. Don't raise your voice. Make sure you keep a calm tone." Don't shake. Look the officer in the eye. If he had complied to everything he says, every, just about every black man had a conversation. Every black kid has that conversation. And, you know, people keep telling me, I keep hearing racism doesn't exist in America. If racism doesn't exist, then why do we have to put our, our race on our applications for loans and Mortgages. Why is race required? 
if racism doesn't exist. And that, that like I said, what man, difference does it make? At the end of that thing, that's what you know we have to acknowledge. And I saw, I forgot somebody else said that in a in a um in a, in the interview they was talking about just racism as a whole and. You know, the election's coming up, man, in a few months. <clears throat> and, you know, it, it's sad, something so simple. I think the way it looks so simple, you know, it caused so much division. Um, you know, first, what, I never thought that racial, racial inequality would make such a division in, in in the country. I understand that, you know, I was telling somebody else, I said, I'm not mad about the statues. Um, because if you look at, like you said, the history of the U.S., that's what the nation was founded on. It was founded on slavery. <laughs> it yeah. was. It was. That's what made the. That's you know we invented ninety percent of what's we invented ninety percent of what's going on in America now. There and you go. We invented it. We invented the light bulb. We invented the traffic light. We invented the iron. We invented the grass, the lawnmower. We invented the table, the spatula, we the chair. We invented. We invented the GPS, the nerve. Those black people invented those things. You know? Super soaker. Yeah. <laughs> we invented those things, brother. Computers. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, I mean. And if you want to go even further, even cars. Yeah. Yeah. Even was it uh, 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 the look? Was it Jim Daniels? That yeah. was, the, the, you know, yeah. he, but we couldn't think about it, man. We couldn't patent that because we couldn't, we wasn't able we to. We had the power. Thing. Yeah. We and just think, we were doing this uneducated. Man, that's why Black Panther matters. <laughs> that, that's that's exact, that's and I think that's what you know. That's what <laughs> it's a scene, man. You remember Boomerang, don't you? Mm-hmm. You remember that scene with Martin? They was at the pool table. <laughs> he said, "Man, you talk, it's racial, man." He said, "Man, this, <laughs> you know what I'm going to don't." <laughs> mm-hmm. he, said, he said, "Man, the you black ball." Yeah, he said, "He said, you understand that the game ain't over." Until you get the black ball off the green table. There you go. There you go. <laughs> now, said, hold on. Like, All the other colors is good. <laughs> right. And what I'm right. telling you, what I'm telling you, what I'm telling people, if y'all listening, man, we, we listen, we want you guys, you know, black, Asian, Hispanic, we want you to understand, you know, as African American, man, I, I'll be 40 this year. Never got, never got me by a couple of years. You'd be with 43, will not it? No, sir. I, I turned 41 in July. My bad. No, you wish that you would wish that good on me. He would Ricky Bobby, but not now. <laughs> but I think overall, you know, I, I don't, you know, and I think, I think I've, I've tried a lot of people telling me, man, Richard, quit, quit trying to explain this to people. But I'm like, man, I've, I was a cop for 12 years, right? And mm-hmm. even in law enforcement, I've been prejudiced there. And I'm not saying that to say I'm against police officers. I love, I'm not saying I love cops, but my point I'm saying is that we do need law enforcement. But what we're, what we're looking at, you have to, same way you're going to hold your wife accountable, same way you're going to hold your children accountable, same way you're going to hold your boss accountable. When your hours short on your paycheck and you calling human resources a payroll, hey, something on my check, I got to get this together. I got, I'm not leaving until I get the rest of my hours on my check. Same way we want to hold law enforcement accountable is that when they right. do wrong, when you have something going on wrong, hold them accountable. Don't just say okay. And that's one thing that I, I, I that I really, I, I'm not gonna say that I hate the Republican Party. But it's it's things that Democrats do I don't like. So I, I'm not a, I'm mm-hmm. not a party person. Like mm-hmm. I, because but but what ticked me off is that you know when you say that you know we stand firm. You know, against anybody, against the police. Nobody is against the police. No. Everybody, we are against equality and and policing um, fairly when it boils down to everything. That's what it boils down to. Because it's just, I mean, I don't know if this happened to you, but this happened to me quite a few times where I get stopped because I fit the description. Yep. I don't look like, I can't, it's, it's, I know, I know. And I, I I I I know people can look alike, but it's impossible that I can be stopped that many times because I fit the description. All I'm saying is the same way. I mean, I hate to bring it up, but even in uh, this recent events where 
um, right during the protest when a, a boy can walk down the street with a long arm gun and it's normal. And he's high school age. Matter of fact, I just read a second ago that he, he didn't show up for court today and the judge gave him a month to come. Now, if that was me or Mr. K, a warrant would be issued for our arrest. All we want is fairness. We're not saying that black lives only matter. We're saying black lives matter too. We we just we we want to be treated fairly. If the same, I want the same rules that apply to my Caucasian brothers and sisters. That's all we're saying. Right. This ain't no. I mean, you know, with with the Ku Klux Klan, their whole belief is white superiority. We're not going on white superiority. We want white. We want black, white, Asian, red, yellow, blue, green equality. Right, and th- that's what man. That's what. That's what it boils down to. I think everything else is is a distraction to try to derail, you know, right. the bigger picture. Because you know, people people don't want, you know, same way, you know, you, you want to keep. You know, we always talk about and that's one thing that I I listened to the to the conventions this past over the last two weeks. But oh I didn't man, listen. I watched it. I watched it. And I watched I, it I all. I watched it all. I did watch it, but I didn't watch it. I watched it all for one because I wanted to see both views or points of view. Because mm-hmm. I want to be educated on it. Me too. But I kind of was a disconnect from it because I can guarantee you, man, if I go press play on 1984 presidential convention with Reagan, with Carter, with whoever ran then, it's 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 sad to say, but it's the exact same thing. It's crazy and it's repetitive and you know, it kind of made me, fit, I ain't going to say fed up, but it kind of just made me think that, you know, we have to look more into depth into saying, okay, you know, we need to look more into policies and procedures rather than, um, what, what, you know, yeah, what, you know what, I'm yeah, saying? But what it boils down to is yeah. the, the equation, or the, the formulas that are being put to use right now yeah. ain't working. Yeah. So we need to go to the drawing board. Yeah. And come up with some better formula, better policies, as you say, uh, better formulations, be, uh, better equations. Right. And it's sad, like you said, this has been an ongoing process. And for those people who are looting or are angry, we understand. I, I'm, I, I, I don't by any way condone it, but I'm just going to sit here and be transparent and tell you I understand it. Yeah. <laughs> just, At some like, point. Just like Chris Rock. You ever heard Chris Rock be like, Hey, I ain't never choked my wife, but hey, I understand. Right. That's <laughs> no. what I'm saying. I mean, I understand that rage, man, because you right. know, at some yeah. point, you're like, what more can I do? Yeah, that's, I sent that's, you emails. And that's the point. That's 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 the point with that that people, if you don't anything, if you don't listen to anything else, press rewind on this part. The point we're trying to say is, you know, how much else can we get your attention? to listen to what we're saying. Right. How else can you um understand our anger, our frustration? How many times will you sit back and press drive, then go in reverse and roll over our foot? And after we keep yelling, now what they were yelling, now you want to say, well be quiet, go go to the hospital and just get it fixed and be quiet about it. How long are you gonna keep running over us like a speed bump for years? And now that we're screaming, now you want to say, okay, now you need to be quiet. You see what I'm saying? That I, mm-hmm. like, I, I feel you. And, and, and I told somebody else that I said, I don't condone it, but I understand because it gets frustrating. I said, yeah. I was a cop. I never forget when I was leaving, I was leaving, um, I was leaving one job, going to my night shift job to my police department and I was sleepy and I had, um, I had, I was swerving. I got pulled over. And so then they said, hey, you know, uh, can you get, you know, got your license registration, blah, blah, blah. And so I had my duty weapon on my passenger side of my seat, my uniform hanging up on the side. And so I guess the cop saw the gun, but he's like, is that yours? I said, yeah. I said, here's my FOP badge. Uh, I mean, here's my FOP card. Here's my police badge, my police number, blah, blah, blah. Here's my information, man. Uh, he's like, why are you swerving? I said, well, I just worked eight hours. I just worked 10 hours at this retail store. Security and I'm going to work um, eight hours on my night shift job as a police officer. So, man, he even called the police chief 
Um, still had gave me an attitude. He put me in the back of the police car, brother. Mm. I had to show him all of my credentials. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Still put me in the back of the car. The only thing that 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 uh, after he called my chief, he didn't believe my chief. I'm not going to go into details about names or anything like that. But um, he had to call the other chief that I was, because I worked part-time in one department. I worked full-time in another one. He didn't pay my chief no attention, but he called the other chief, who's of the Caucasian descent. Uh, 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 descent, and, yeah. And 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 uh, he explained to them, you know, who I was, why I was going, that kind of thing. Only then, and it just so happened that the passenger in that police car um, was in a police academy um, because you're able to go to, you know, police academy during the weekend, and on weekend you can um, ride as a reserve in training on weekends while you're in the police academy. The guy that was on the police, on the passenger side, is in the academy with the guy that I was training at my department. And I, wow. whole city. He said, man, that's so-and-so. He said, that's K. He said, yeah. He said, my roommate, my roommate be texting him, asking him about notes and stuff all the time. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm, yeah. but, I, but I have to look at it like, how many people didn't have that opportunity? How many people don't have that? You know what I'm saying? I, mm-hmm. I sit back and probably told my car and everything had that not been I had not the guy actually look at and listen to the name after they ran over the radio and he said with well, a part of me he said oh that's Kate from so and so so you know man just 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 summing up man I think I think man totality of it that you know man you know the hard work like I've I've slacked I ain't gonna say slacked off but I've pushed back um delayed on some things man that I've been trying to do. You know what I'm saying? The man project that I, I should have pushed, but with with things going on with, with Chad this past weekend, man, that man yeah, want to push. You know what I'm saying? Turn that time harder yeah. because you never know the day of time, man. Mm-hmm. And, and now, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Let me. So, I was just saying that. I mean, that's 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 my that's my closing statement, man. That you know, um, I, I'm always be trying to push. I, I'm always pushing. My mind's always going anyway. Um, but for 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 some extent that I've I've somewhat I ain't gonna say slacked off, but I've I've delayed a lot of things that I've been planning to try to push to do that I should have been already done. But that woke me up this weekend, man. I was at work. I took my laptop to work this whole weekend, man, just typing, getting you know what I'm saying, getting stuff prepared for where I know needs to happen. You know what I mean? Right. That, right. And I think that you know, I think that's what I want mandated Monday to be about. I want a lot, not even just that. I want our lives as men to be about that. We empower that we influence somebody else to make that. Don't wait another day, just keep pushing what you got to do, bro. Go ahead, doc. Oh, no. Um, but I just want to point this out too. Sorry, to, but speaking on chat, if you keep in mind, um, before Black Panther came out, Trump made the comments about s whole countries and he included Africa. In those, when in one of those countries, and then Black Panther comes out right after the RNC, Chadwick passes away. And I'm gonna tell you one thing about me, man. Matter of fact, I was about to type a whole page on Facebook <laughs> about um, nothing happens by coincidence, I don't believe in coincidences, and uh, there's a movie that comes to mind um, called Signs. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and solicit all of y'all prayers. Your boy is going through something. And today, uh, it was it was trying, but um, I come home to turn on the TV and Signs is on. And even in that movie, but the movie itself, it's about coincidence. Nothing happens by coincidence. And the fact that the movie was on when I'm in the middle of praying, like, Lord, I need you to help me with this. And next thing I know, here comes signs. So keep in mind, people, even though uh, I, um, you might be going through hardships, all these things are going on. There's a lot of uncertainty. Nothing happens by chance. Now, also, let me keep you. Let me, let me also bring this to your attention too. Just like Kay just said, success comes when planning and opportunity meet. So right now, brother Kay, as you just mentioned, is in the planning uh, planning stage. Opportunity is going to come. 
and success is on the way. That is what uh, we're hoping for every man, any person who's listening to this recording or so forth. We only want the best for you. We only, we're not here to promote violence or that Black Lives Matter is violent. No, we're here to promote unity and we want to see you be better. We want to see you be, uh, basically, I'm looking at this book right now, The Mamba Mentality, and we want you to be the best version of yourself and tune into the home of your Mamba Mentality. Yeah. Man, I um I bought that book for my son, man. Right after COVID pad. My son wanted that book. Oh yeah. That's a good book. Deep book. Yeah. Deep. Matter of fact, um, I got that and showboat, but the mama mentality, man, just the first three pages alone was like, Wow, Kobe. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's crazy. That's I think why I learned about, you know, how how his that's how I learned about just his study habits, man, or how he used to get up at three, four, or five in the morning. Like he was talking about, even AI talked about it too. AI talked about this. They had talked about it like years, got something years ago. But I never forget, man, when both of them they came into the league at the same time. Mm-hmm. They sure did. And even I don't remember the part where they was going to go to a club. They had, they had, I think Kobe picked up AI for practice or something. This is before that, uh, this is before the season started. And uh, they were hanging out. And so then AI was like, man, I'm about to hit the club. Couple was up. Let's go. Kobe like, I'm about to go to the gym. And then AI was like, and that's what I think in the interview, you know, I think around the time Kobe was retiring, that's when AI talked about it. And Kobe talked about it years before then, but he was just saying that his his whole mentality, you know what I'm saying? I think he when he blew, I think his first year when he was just blowing it, he just said, never again. He mm-hmm. said, you know what I'm saying, and and, and that's that's the moment of inspiration I want to get to you guys. You know what I'm saying, you know anything that you've been doing this year, you feel like it's been a dud. You know, take a ball of paper. You know what I what I've done personally, what I did to get myself ready. Even this past weekend, I wrote down everything that I wanted to do. I wrote down everything that I've done, and I and I and I and I wrote why did I do it next to it, and I balled it up, and I burned it. And I did that as a symbol to myself, just just for myself. Cause like I said, this weekend, you know, it hit me different. I ain't gonna say hit me different, but it hit me. You know, I think, and I hit even brother Neville too. You know what I'm saying? It hit me as as you know, no time wait for nobody. Right. You know what I'm um. So it it took me to a whole nother level this weekend. I I wrote down everything that that I'm going to do, everything that I had done, the stuff that I did. Um that I am going to do. I kept it the things that I didn't do. I remembered it and I balled it up and I threw it away. And I did that as a, as for me, I did that as a way to let go of whatever I hadn't done. If that wow. makes sense. Wow. You know what I'm wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Man, I, that's what I'm saying. Man, I, I was booing like a little boy that weekend. I, you know what I'm saying? My little boy, my, my twin, my twin son was like, dad, what's wrong? I'm in the office right. Crying like a baby. You know what I'm saying? I mm. think it you know, but man, moments like this, man, for men, we have to do that to get better. We have to. Yeah. And an- another thing, I commend the fact that you allowed your son to see that emotion. Man, they always call me weak. I'm always crying around them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, you know, your story reminds me of uh, Lil Wayne. Um, when Lil Wayne was first rapping, he used to write out his rhymes. Yeah. And one day he decided. He took the book and he started rhyming. On he, he told Manny to uh, turn on the beat, yeah. and he started to rhyme off every page of the book. Yeah, and he said, "Now that I got this on wax, I will never write again." Yeah, and that's when he became a little tooch. Yeah. So the thing is, with with uh, even with failures, learn from your failures and build. Uh, the one thing. Kobo, Kobe, everybody, you see, the one thing people need to pay attention to, every superhero has a super major loss, and that's how they become a superhero. Mm. Um, with let's go, let's go to any name, any superhero you want. And that um uh, Superman, he lost, he lost his uh earthly father. Spider-Man lost his uncle. The mm. Black Panther, 
he lost his father. Jordan was cut from the varsity team. Kobe shot an air ball in the playoffs. And the list goes on and on and on. And what's crazy, uh, I forgot what college you went to, but even um, Westbrook, Res- on the reason Westbrook got to college is because the person that was going to get the scholarship turned it down. I think whoever whoever scholarship, because he was going to get the scholarship, so they just ended up picking him because the other person didn't want the scholarship. They're looking at Westbrook now. He wasn't even, they didn't even really want Westbrook to go to college. Mm. The college ended up getting him just because of a flop. And look at him now. Yeah. Yep. Preparation met the opportunity. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he's a successful man. So that's all it boiled down to. We want every man who's listening to this. Uh, we want success for you. Matter of fact, I speak success in your life. And we just want the best. We don't we don't want anybody wavering behind. But if you want to be the best, first of all, you gotta get it in your mind that you want to be the best. That's something we cannot teach. Um, the the great proverb says, when a student arrives, the teacher appears. So once you get that student mentality of, hey, I want to get better, or once you get that mentality, then everything else comes into play. But first, you got to get it. You got to make up your mind. Hey, look, I want to get better. Like, like bro, Kay just said, <laughs> which is the truth. At some point, I had to say, Something got to dig. Something got to give. I got the and chance. I, I don't want to say. I said you can't expect you know a change and keep doing the, and do the same thing. Insanity, baby. You know what I'm saying? You can't. You know, it's one thing that that I I have an issue with. Uh, I ain't even going to talk. This is a whole another four to five minutes oh, discussion. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? That's one thing I, I have an issue with. Um, you know, when we as believers, you know what I'm saying, have a have a name and a claim mentality that we, we want to speak life and we want to speak blessings, you know what I'm saying, but your life not the same. Mm-hmm. You still do the same stuff in your life that you did back using the dope house when you was on the street. But now you still in the dope house, but you asking God for a blessing. You know what I'm saying? You got to change. change. You got to change. You, you know absolutely you right. Expect, you can't expect to change weight and you eating fried food every week. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so... On you know, I mean, I'm, I I brought that out to say because I have to put in respect that everybody's not gonna be believers, everybody's not gonna be a Christian. So you got to think about life. You're not gonna change. You're not gonna, uh, uh, you know, you're not gonna change weight. You're not gonna lose weight if you eat fried food every That's day. True. So even if you're not, if you're not um, thinking about on the spiritual aspect, even life skills say you're not gonna sit and you know involve new habits or or, or grow. If you're not, you know, uh, uh, bring yourself out to new things and new life and new, new view, new viewpoints, I mm-hmm. say, you know what I'm saying? So. so what it goes down to, even, even in the Christian belief, once you become saved, you become a new creature. Right. So even in this, in this, in this life, whether you're a believer or not, if you are wishing or praying for something like what upsets me the most is when somebody asking for something, let me just put it in basic terms. You are begging and praying to get muscles and some weights appear and you start whining. Look, you ask for weights. You ask for muscles. If you want those muscles, you got to live. If you want, if you want to be, if, if you want to be successful or, or knowledgeable in a certain thing, that means at some point you got to read the information so it can be retained into your mind. This stuff ain't going to fall out the air. You got to be able to put the work behind it. And trust me on this. If you, um, There's a such thing called delayed gratification. Mm. If you put the work in and be patient. Um, I remember... Um, I'm just going to leave you this one. I know I can go on and on, but one person I always will say embodied the character because they lived it was Sylvester Stallone with Rocky. When Sylvester Stallone came to America, he couldn't speak English too well. And he had wrote the movie Rocky. He wrote the movie. He worked out. He, he did everything for the movie. And when he tried to sell it to Hollywood, Hollywood would say, yeah, we'll take the movie, but you can't 
you can't be in it in any way. We'll just take the movie. He said no. And they offered him an insane amount of money for it. For the- and he said no. And now Rock is still making money to this day. Mm-hmm. Because even when they replay it on these TV networks, that's residual income. So he's getting checks. He's getting checks even though he ain't even made the movie. He, he, he ain't been a Rocky since what? Creed? Creed 2? Right. Oh, shoot. That's even the first Rocky back in 1970 something. And he's mm-hmm. still collecting money off of that because he refused to take the small bait and went for the bigger bait. But also, he had put the work in as well. So. I mean, we can go on and on, but this this is what we offer with the man project. We want this type of success. And Brookade, I appreciate the fact that you took the time out to tell that story because that meant a lot to me just to hear it. Man, I just I I believe, man. <clears throat> just like like uh, I forgot the guy name. I think Noah Smith or Noah Nate. He was a writer. He was interviewed about. Bosman this past weekend. That's one thing he said. He said, man, think about what make Bosman so special was that, you know, every little interview he had, he had a story about life. He had a story about struggles. And I believe, like I said, it's inspired me, man, so much more on a deeper level. Um, and it's sick right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's, sick, it's sick to the point, like, I'm like a young Jay. How Jay Z? They say Jay used to write everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, uh, you know, what I'm saying he. I aspire to be like I'm. I'm, I'm it's gonna be off the train now, but I say that to say, man, that you know, I think that things that I've encountered, not just me. That's why you know I, I, I encourage, you know, what I'm saying our whole guys, our whole team to get out, talk, you know, explain these stories to others, man, because our stories could be a, uh, uh, um. Testimony for somebody else, man. Mm-hmm. You know, even our downfalls. Yeah, 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 yeah. And because I, mean, I explained back, shoot, I think might have been maybe you. I think, uh, I think one of my biggest downfalls might a few years back. I think might have been you, Archie Prashant, uh, Ben Away. I said, I one of the, one of the brothers, Anthony Sparks, interviewed him a while back. I'm gonna close that out for this one. We was talking about. You know your biggest failures, your biggest compliments in life, and so he flipped the script on me once one episode, guys. Let me tell y'all, man, he flipped the script on me. He said, "Richard, Richard, Richard what's your biggest obstacle?" Mm. He flipped it on me out of nowhere. Ouch. I hear him. I said, "Damn, pause." And so, being candid, man, I said, "Man, alcoholism." Be honest with you. And he was like, "For real?" I was like, "Yeah." I said, "Man, I was bad." I said, "I was on my lunch break." On <laughs> 15 minute break. You like real tough. I said, yeah, I said it real. I said, I said, a couple people know. I said, some do, some don't. I said, but everybody know they listen to the podcast now, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but think about it, I can talk about it now because that's that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And you might have a fella out there now, you know, at work sipping on his break, listening to the podcast. He may be chilling in the car, riding, sipping to the, you know what I'm saying? So you know, you, you learn from, you know, the things you experience, man. Um, and I think anything, anytime I can tell my story, whether it be live or on here or wherever, man, um, I, I, I'm not ashamed to say it, just to share it, man, because I think, you know, I, I, I'll, over, things that we overcome, man, can be inspiring to somebody else out there. Yeah. But that's how I look. I, Absolutely. I don't Absolutely. Brand. Absolutely. And uh, two things I'm going to tell you, and I'm done. Uh, one is the fact that when someone can share their downfalls, it speaks to the fact that they've overcome it. Yeah. If you can speak about something, that means you. If you can't talk about what you, what you're battling or what you're up against, you haven't overcome it. Number two is, um, for anyone who is going through it or there's something, there's a downfall, you first have to make up your mind that you want to get through it. It starts with the mind first, even with the prayer. At some point, you got to say, hey, in my mind, you pray the prayer, you receive the prayer, and then you put the work in behind the prayer to get it resolved. That's the problem most people have is the working part. 
But once again, man, I just appreciate you for sharing that. Man, no problem. Man, anytime, brother. Anytime, man. And I'm a, um, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I wanna try to get back on the Zoom too. I got a new computer, so okay, I'm gonna try to get back on the Zoom guys with us, us talking. And um, I got a couple um mentees that that do that that are gonna get on and chat with us, man. But uh, I'm working on the enrichment uh workshop too, so I'm getting that together. So yes, sir. No problem, bro. Out there, man. As I always say, when I get off, I be like, "I, right, I'm out," and I be like, "I holler, peace." <laughs> <laughs>